0: Hey what's up my people I hope you're all well and to begin myself Ryan and Skyler have been wondering what you think about the new shorter style midweek pods so please do us a favour and let us know it's kickback underscore on Instagram and Twitter we love your feedback and we love how you've heard our subtle 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 hints we'll say and subscribe to the show and like I always say we appreciate you and for those who don't know links to the kickback playlist can be found in the show notes but anyway Let's get to it. Today's guest is an old Academy foe, but now I'm very relieved to say he's a teammate. He's one of the most gifted players of his generation, and he shared the field with more soccer legends than probably the rest of our squad combined. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Giuseppe Rossi. Yo, Giuseppe, how are you doing?
1: What's up, big man?
0: How's everything? Yeah, good, man. Good, man. I, I feel like I'm uh, in a happier place than you right now, but, you know, everything everything's <laughs> good, huh? Everything's good. Thanks this for coming on, firstly. Is... Thanks for coming on. Obviously, I understand that, like, you are somewhere away where you don't have a million things to do, but you don't necessarily have free time, so I appreciate your time, yeah. Of course, man. It's a pleasure. And for today, I'm, I'm excited for this because I would like you to talk me through your career, but I'm looking at this and asking the questions as a fan because I've seen you from way back when, before you had any grey hairs, anything like this, you know, way yes, back when. So this is going to be exciting for me. So anytime I ask you a question and I've got a smile on my face it's because I'm excited about it, yeah?
1: I love it. Thanks, man.
0: All right, so let's do this, yeah? So, first question. Yes. So you're a New Jersey native, yeah?
1: Yes, sir. But
0: why then were you playing in Palmer's Academy? How did that happen?
1: Yeah, so... I was doing very well in soccer in Jersey. Um, you know, I was scoring many, many goals and then, uh, gosh, and then it came, (laughs) and then it came, uh, it came, uh, to the time where I wanted to see if I was just good in America or if I was actually good. Um, you know, outside of that, yeah. Trying to compete with the best, which is in Europe, right? Yeah. So, uh, my father had, um, a few contacts for a few, um, with a couple of uh, soccer camps in Parma. So I went there at nine years old, 10, 11 years old, for three straight, uh, for three straight summers. And um, and that's where uh, a youth coach um, told me uh, to come out and uh, try out for them. Okay. So I went out there, uh, what was it, Easter of 99. I stayed there for uh, two weeks. I played, I trained, I did very well. They called me back in January 2000. I was on a plane heading to Panama, uh, um, my- and
0: you were going by yourself or with your family?
1: It was with my father. Okay, it was with my father. So I, so I, so we left my mother and my sister back home, and uh, me and my, me, me and my boss we, uh, we left. Okay,
0: and how did you find it there, playing in that academy? How did you make the? How did you find
1: the transition? Yeah, transition was. Listen, soccer, as you know, is an international language, so it's not like you really have to. Like, you know, talk and speak. If you know how to play, you know how to play. Yeah. Um, and uh, you feel comfortable with anybody, anywhere. Um, the tough transition was more, at 12 years old, was more school. Yeah. You know, school, making new friends, um, speaking a language that, yeah, I spoke it, yes and no. Um, it was kind of like a broken Italian. Um, so I had to, you know, get past that. Um, At 12 years old, listen, if you don't speak well, if you're different than the group, you're always going to be, you know, the odd one out. Yeah. So that's how it was in the first months. Um, You know, I just had to, I I just had to man up and uh, man up at 12 years old and, uh, you know, go through all these, uh, all these life changes that are tough for, for a 12 year
0: old. So you're obviously doing well at Parma because all of a sudden there's this talk that you're going to go to Manchester United. Now, how did you feel about that? Is this something that excited you or would you rather have stayed in uh, Italy?
1: Oh, man, it was, it was a dream come true. I still remember after training one time, um, I got this old dude who just approaches me. And I'm like, hey, who are you? Um, he's like, listen, I work for this team right here. He he says, you know uh just put out your hand i put on my hand he drops a pin in my hand he's like this is the team that i that i uh that i work for and we want you i look at it and i'm like it's manchester united i'm like oh wow um it's like uh, then, then i run to the car i'm like yo dad, dad dad this guy over here he's telling me that man you want me so i got a number we called him up we set up a meeting with uh, with one of the with the youth director at that time, was Jim Ryan. I'm not sure if you know him or if you heard of him, but... No, nah, I'm a blue. Uh, I don't know people like that. You don't know people
0: with the red jersey, bro? No, nah, I just know blue. Sorry. Try again. Disappointing. Yes, he sold you down in there.
1: Started, man. That's where it started.
0: Okay. That's, that's cool. And then when you were coming over to United then, what were your actual yes. expectations when you joined? Like, did you... Were you expecting to be having like a straight path to the first team or what was it? What was the feel like?
1: So I signed my first pro contract um, at 17 with them when I went. So obviously um, I thought it was going to be a transition into first team football. And uh, when I got there, you know, my first month, I think it was a month or a month and a half was with the first team. Um, And, you know... It's, it's just amazing being part of a team like that with great players like that. Um, first day I get there, I, um, I'm having a meeting with Ferguson. You know, me and my father were having a meeting with uh, Sir Alex and um, and it's just like, you know, the dream come true, man. You never thought that you would be
0: in that position. Let me be completely honest with you now, okay, because we're guys, because we're friends, yeah. So, when you came over, I remember, yeah. like, we had a big rivalry with United anyway and we were playing the same age group and, you came over, and I remember watching you on uh, MUTV. It was like you and Chris Eagles. And the way you two were playing in that team, it's like something I hadn't seen before in academy football. And I, uh-huh. I, I'll i be honest, I was a hard blue then. So I hated you with a passion. Hated <laughs> you. I'll be completely honest.
1: That's why you never smiled at me. Yeah, and why would I smile team? at you?
0: Why would I smile at you? So, yeah, I'm glad we're friends now because I didn't like you. We're friends too because... I was scared of you. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so you said, you mentioned that you met Sir Alex, yeah? And I think he's a bit of, he's like somewhat of a mythical figure. What was he actually like to be a player under?
1: Um, Definitely something uh, that, you know, I'm going to cherish forever just because like you said, you see on TV and you see, um, you know, Sir Alex Ferguson, right? Um, you hear a lot of stories. Um, about him, um, but truthfully, he's like a big teddy bear, man. What he uh, he, his, he treats his um, he treats his players like as if uh, they're all his sons. Um, he protects us. Um, he makes sure we get uh, best treatment um, possible on and off the field. Um, but hey, listen if you if you slack off, if you're not doing what well you're supposed to, or if you're not following um the team rules and buying into the culture he's going to make you uh you know he's going to make you hear his his voice <laughs> okay one of his famous blow
0: drives you know what i mean yeah i've heard, i've heard a lot <laughs> about those i you didn't get one of those in your time though did you
1: <sighs> no
0: oh what, what, why the every... pause why the pause you're not sure
1: you don't remember because i'm thinking about this game against birmingham right I started it in the FA Cup. I'm a young kid. We didn't play well. Yeah. And I feel sure. like he kind of like ganged up on me on the um, after the first half, and um, and I think I got like a little bit of a hairdryer, but I didn't think I was playing that bad. I hit a crossbar, uh-huh. which should have been a goal. Uh uh-huh. um, I thought I was playing well, but hey, Isn't, you know. Yeah. It is, it's tough love. Yeah. Tough luck. It, it was you... tough love from uh, the, from the from.
0: The <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it kind of shows he has high expectations of you. Like, if you knew that was your level, maybe you'd say nothing, well, you see? So there's always that perspective. I think one thing which you did whilst you were at United, which I think started a bit of a trend, was that you went on loan to another Premier League club. And that was kind of mind-blowing to me because our age group, we were coming through at the same sort of time, but that was unheard of. If you went on loan, you were lucky. And if you went on loan, you're dropping down divisions. Like, that, to me, kind of highlighted what they thought of you. And I thought, this guy, like... I'll tell you what he's he's all right, you know. So, what was it like playing in Newcastle?
1: Yeah, it was it was different. It, I mean, it was different just because, um, you know, I was going there with um, with the thought of playing, and um, I didn't get that chance that I wanted to. Um, so that six month deal, which was supposed to be a year, um, that six month deal—excuse me—that deal was cut short to six months. Okay. It was um, because Sir Alex Ferguson was upset with Glenn Roder. Okay. Uh, training sessions were also very, very different. Um, uh, the, we had very good players, right? We had very good players, but the way that the coaching staff actually uh, went through training was um, very, very interesting. Let's put it like that. <laughs> very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, so... Actually, linked up very well with James Milner back then. Yeah. So, so we used to always, um, you know, stay after training, shoot. We used to run. I Actually, wanted to run after training, which I think you can see now. I'm not. A, I'm not really fond of running right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the club, man. At, at my age of 33, but when I was 18, I was like, yeah, let's run after training. Why not? Yeah. No. And, um, and um, and I started and I started lifting weights um in Newcastle with James Milner too. He was already built. He was like yeah. a monster. I was like, I was like a weak little thing. So, um, I I was introduced to new things, in Newcastle. And listen, every experience, bad or good, you always learn from it.
0: Yeah. So you obviously went on loan there, and I want to highlight to people like, who was your competition for a starting place at Manchester United back then?
1: I mean, you had decent players like. Rüben Nestroy, uh, Wayne Rooney, uh, <laughs> had um, yeah Ronaldo. Um, even though he was playing on the wing, but yeah. Uh, um, let's say we who else was there? Luis Saha, okay. very good player. I really liked him, good guy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, these were the big guys.
0: Yeah, those those are some big names to try and get past. But you you know you were in the mix. So, when the time came then and you left to go to yeah. Villarreal. Was it your choice or was it theirs?
1: It was my choice. It was my choice. Um, I remember that summer, that I came back from a lone spell at um, At Parma. I did very very well, mm-hmm. and um, you know I, I thought I deserved to find you know more space on the first team. So I had a meeting with uh, with uh, with Sir Alex and Kate and I'm like, yeah, listen, I think you know I did very well. Um, I'm having a lot of teams that do want me, but I do want to stay. Um, I'm hoping I can get you know, more playing time and whatnot. And, um, the conversation that I had with them was like, we will love you to, st- we would love for you to stay. Um, but I, but we can't guarantee you anything just because of these big names and these players and the competition that there was. So I had to do a, I had to do a couple of calculations in my head and, um, I wanted to, I was 20 years old and I wanted to showcase my talent to the world. So I thought the best decision was, was to leave. Yeah. And, um, and that's when we that came
0: out. So clearly, it people can grasp from the first few minutes of this that you're a very confident person. You know about your abilities, and you believe you can show them absolutely everywhere. So when okay. you are going to um, what were your expectations?
1: Um, my expectations. My expectations were to prove, to prove to people, to prove to the soccer world that I belong at this high at playing at um at this high level, and um. And I found uh, Pellegrini. I'm sure you know Pellegrini yeah, very Pellegrini, well. Yeah. Did you play Pellegrini? I didn't, I didn't play him, no,
0: but I watched him. I support him.
1: I got it. Okay. And um, and he was there. I he, he, he loved me from day one. And I played the first game of La Liga. And uh, he gave me that opportunity. And I was able to take it. I was able to, you know, to gain the respect of the teammates on that team um and you know went on to play for five years and did very well
0: yeah. yeah just very well is an understatement you were prolific there let's be honest let's call it what it is you were prolific very, yeah. yeah very right <laughs> you, did, you did very very well and what do you think it was then that really helped you be so, do so well there was it just the coach or was it the team was it the league like what 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 was it special that made it work out
1: yeah it was a bit of everything uh first off was the confidence of the players and the coach um know when you have people around you who trust you who believe in you um, it's just like that it's just that extra push uh, in order to continue to try and better yourself um, as a player and then you know we had a very very good uh, group Um, nobody was jealous of each other we were one whole group there were um, it wasn't divided or whatnot and um, we we kept that for many, many years, and, and that was a very strong point um, during my five years
0: that I was at the And is that when they gave you the nickname Pepito? It,
1: so Pepito came, in, uh, Pepito came in Italy.
0: Ah, okay, okay, okay.
1: In Spain, I was called El Bambino. Okay. Yeah, I had different nicknames
0: so, all around. So to the Bambino, just because you were young, that was it?
1: Yeah, so this guy a defender called Fabrizio Fuentes. He's an Argentinian. Um, it was it was media day, one of the first weeks that I was there, and then he started screaming out, Bambino, Bambino, because he thought he knew Italian. He only knew one word. So, uh, so he's screaming out Bambino, Bambino, the press, they heard it, so then they all started putting it on papers, and then it became Bambino. Ah, that's so lucky, man. That's so lucky. Do
0: you know what? So obviously you were doing so, so well there for those five years. Did you yeah. ever come close to making a move to a bigger club?
1: Yes, many times. Come on, tell us, uh, tell but, stories. Let's go. Yeah, of course, of course, why not? Um, as you know, I got injured um, a few times with my knees, and when was it? I had a very good year, 2010, 2011. Um, scored 35 goals total, and okay, um, it was an it was an amazing year. So Barcelona, they wanted me, so I was on a phone call with Barcelona, and um, and I had my contract set up uh with them already and uh they had to find um what's it called uh an agreement with Villada. So um so Villar they wanted they were happy with the twenty million that they were pay um but they wanted more money up front. Yeah. Instead of the instead of the twelve that Barcelona was gonna give them and then the bonus. So um unfortunately just because they were offering too much bonus um they went on and then they um and then they got Alexis Sanchez. Um okay. so that was one. Okay. Uh, okay, that's a big one.
0: That's yes, that was one. a big
1: one. Yes, and that's a big one. 3 weeks after 3 weeks after was Juventus. Um, so they sold Santi Casorla a couple weeks before me. We yeah. weren't Champions League. They sold Santi Casorla, they didn't want to sell another uh, big player of their team. So they came in with 28 mil up front, no bonus or nothing. Um, they didn't want me to leave because they wanted to make a push for the for the Champions League. Yeah. So, I had my contract already done with Juventus too. Um, so, so that was, unfortunately, gone and, also. And who did they get instead? Do you remember? They got Teres. Carlos Teres. Okay. You have more? Do you have more? Bro, this is the worst one. Okay. I'll tell on. you the worst one. Go on. All right. And, and And that's it. So after that event, this thing, fast forward two months, ACL. This is how crazy life is, destiny, whatever you want to call it, right? Whatever it is, ACL. All right, so I'm rehabbing. Um, After five and a half months, ACL again, right? Hmm. Uh, During training. On that same day that I got that, that second ACL injury, my agents were in Bayern Munich. Um, transfer fee was done. Contract was done. I didn't know that they were they were going to surprise me with this, right? So I called them, and I'm like, hey, guys, listen. I got another ACL. same I want to be out for much longer because of the whole process that I had to do with my knee. And they're like, no, you're kidding me. I'm like, no, it's true. He's like, yo, I'm in Germany. I'm talking to Bayern Munich. They want you. I got a contract right here. They're like, listen, yeah, I'll tell him. Uh, tell him to time, yeah, I don't know. Do something. It happened. So, <sighs> uh, so, I love that
0: situation. so y- you you are a piece of this whole world football puzzle, which nobody knows about. But yeah. if something would have changed in terms of money or health, world football today could be looking completely different.
1: A million percent, yeah. That's incredible.
0: <laughs> that, but that kind of shows like the level you're at to have. There aren't. Yeah, I, was... I don't know many people that would be able to name Barcelona, Juventus, and Bayern Munich as clubs who were trying to sign them and it didn't quite work out. That's incredible. But speaking yeah. of Barcelona, anyway. So for the <laughs> five years you were there, what was yes. it like having like Barcelona and Real Madrid as rivals? Like, what is what is that? Are they just relentless, or are they are they better on TV? Like, what's the feel? Yeah, it's tough.
1: I mean, you had there. They're great. They got great players. They have uh, an amazing uh, culture, an aura around their team when they travel, when they're on the field, when they're playing at home or away. Um, it's just, it's just tough, and you know, it's always them too. It's always them too up front, uh, rightfully so because they got the best players, the most money, or whatnot. Um, the gap is, is is very far from the Villarreal, the Valencias. Yeah. At the Atletico Madrid, even though, yes, they did win, uh, I think the league, they won something, the league, I think. Yeah. I'm I forgot what it was during these, during these, uh, these past 10 years, they won the league or something like that. Um, but it's too big of a gap and, um, it's something that, you know, it's hard to change. It's hard to change because they have the name, they have, uh, their revenue numbers are ridiculous. And, uh, and it's hard to to just get to those levels.
0: Okay, so now you're the perfect person to ask these next questions. Yes. Which club is better, Barca or Real Madrid?
1: Oh, it's tough. It's tough. Okay, so if I have to choose, you're like, yo, choose a, choose a team to go play for, I choose Barcelona. Why? Because of the way that they play. Yeah. The way that they play. Um I see myself. Um, in that type of style yeah of um their culture since like how they how they grow you from when you're young to the first team is is just it's just like day after day after day it's the same thing yeah. and i i love that type of mentality of the way that they want to play the game okay
0: so then the real big question and you're going to be the deciding vote on this because you've seen it up close yes. messi or ronaldo
1: for, for me, Messi, and I'm not, I don't have to think too too much about it. I'm a big, big Messi fan. I don't know. I, I feel like people. So whenever they ask this question, I feel like people like gravitate towards who they see themselves. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I see myself in Messi. Yes, we're lefties. We're yeah. not yeah. that tall, you know. Yeah, quick, I see that. it is. Like I I can't relate to Ronaldo because he's a machine. He's just like an animal, and like he has different traits and different characteristics. So maybe that's why I I always gravitate towards Messi. When, when he this
0: question. Yeah, for me, I think Messi's special because you know obviously I'm little as well and I'm left-footed and you know I'm not very fast. So you know, I see I see myself. I'm barely right-footed. I am barely right-footed. I see yeah I see myself in Messi now. I, like I appreciate how great Ronaldo is, yes. but the way that Messi plays and when he was at his absolute peak, I think he would do more than score goals. He was, it's the, it's probably the best I've ever seen. You know, it's incredible. It's absolutely Easy. incredible. Like, it wasn't necessarily just the step overs or whatever. It was just incredible. Some of the best assists I've ever seen. Some of the best goals I've ever seen. And he was like, in my mind, I remember he changed the way that you try and see 1v1s because I remember growing up on Thierry Henry with a little curl into the corner. And then Messi stepped up. I will just flick it over your shoulder. Doesn't matter who he's up against. That little dink over the keeper's shoulder. Oh,
1: yeah, It's just like his his creative process is just so natural. You know what, yeah. what I mean? But just
0: so. Natural. But then those guys as well. I think I've said this before to people. They're the type where if I was in the same building as them, and somebody asked me what I did, I would say any other job apart from play football because they do because the, <laughs> they do the game differently. <laughs> and I'm not gonna. I'm. Game not, up, yeah. Game
1: up so- like, I'll I'll like whisper I'll like whisper I'll be like yeah I'm a
0: special saga keep it low right yeah yeah, yeah. um but know, like, yeah you know sometimes I play every so often <laughs> just a few times yeah all right so from Villarreal you went to Fiorentina yes is that correct yeah that yes to Fiorentina and why why did that move happen
1: um that happened because so I, that year when I got injured the the double injury yeah um. I played only like five games. Okay. Five, yeah, five games during the league. So, um, injury. Uh, we went down to Segunda, and they needed to offload players. And um, since I was, you know, one of the people where they could have gotten a little bit of uh, money regarding, you know, the transfer fees, um, we both decided that it was the right thing to do. Yeah. And uh, Fiorentina came about. Okay. And you
0: like the idea of going to Fiorentina, or what was it? Did you want to play in Italy? What was the deal?
1: Yeah, definitely. It was great playing in Italy. Um it was great having a team that was going to that showed confidence in me even while I was rehabbing, you know, still coming back from a very, very long injury. Um so, you know, the guys they flew to New York when I was where I was doing my rehab, so it kind of was like, you know what? These guys actually do uh uh care. Yeah. And this is the one
0: which I think is quite subtle if if you don't know what you're looking for or whatever. It's like, what's the difference in style between, say, playing in Italy and playing in Spain? Like, what what's what's ultimately very
1: different? Italy and Spain. I mean, Spain is more of a free game. When you watch La Liga, man, you see a lot of space. You see a lot of people, you know, they're, they're free to do whatever. They have more confidence in themselves to try something because they know that the fans, the teammates, the coach, they would appreciate them trying to do whatever it is. So it's more of a it's more of a technical based game. While in Italy, it's slower, more disciplined. Um, you know, if you're gonna try something out of the ordinary, you better do it. Otherwise, you're gonna have coaching players gonna be on your back for yeah. the whole entire uh, game. Uh, so yeah, it's two different ways of of pairing and yeah for preparing a game.
0: But then you still had a good goal record there. So what? Why does that? St- rigid style in italy suit you because obviously you're a free-flowing player
1: yeah i mean yeah i I did very well um maybe because we had players that you know saw the game the same way that i did um you know we had a lot of south american players who who uh who had that style of yes it's all about um you know having fun Mm -hmm. uh we had a coach who who was who was Vincenzo Montella? He was the next player. He was a very technical player. Uh, maybe he understood that about that group, and um, he and he just let us be. Yeah. And led to and then they led to very good results. Okay. So, at this
0: point now, you know, I could talk more about Fiorentina, but there's a significant part of your career which, um, for me, says a lot about you as a person. And this is you're on this upward trajectory. Everything was great but then there's the drop when you have your first injury, the drop down when you repeat the injury again, and then the point where you now have to try and fight for your career. And in that moment, like, what was keeping you motivated? How did you get through those
1: times? Oh, man, uh, it was tough. It was definitely tough. Um, yeah, And you have your first injury, you're like, all right, I'm going to recover and everything's going to be good. But then, you know, after five and a half months comes another one. And that one kept you out another year so that first injury was like a year and a half of not playing of just rehabbing it and, and um and uh you know from being to on the top just yeah. like how we talked you know um being wanted by one of the, by the best teams in the world to not playing for a year and a half um and people forgetting about what you did yeah uh, um i feel like that's what kind of motivated me saying all right listen you want to forget about me i'm going to show you that you know I'm still the Junior Perosi that I was when I was banging in all those goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that kept me going after my first injury. And um that's when Fiorentina came about doing very well. I was leading goals for up to March um uh, in I'm in Serie A and you know, I had another injury. And um yeah, I feel like it's like the same cycle all over again. You know, you finally get back to playing at high levels, being considered you know, one of the best players in the league, having another team wanting you, going to dinner with them. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, all right, yeah, listen, I'm getting all that recognition that I had back when I was at Villarreal, and then boom, another injury. So it's like, damn, man. Like, you know, why is it got to happen? Why does it got to always happen to me when I'm on top? Yeah. Um, And it's just the same mentality. It's just the same mentality that I've had that I still have today. And it's just, it's just, I know that I could give something, uh, to the game. I could give something to my team. Um, I could inspire teammates. I I could, I I could do whatever I could do. Um, I just want to continue showing it. I want to continue proving it because that's all I know. That's all I know what to do, play soccer. Right. Yeah. And I was, And, you know, I'm always trying to be the best that I could be. I'm always trying to be the best player on my team, league, or whatnot. Like, that's what my mentality always is. And, um, like, nothing's going to stop me from trying to be that best that I could be. It doesn't matter if it's injuries, if it's decisions from other people that are not making me play or whatnot. Um, That's always going to be my mentality, and that's always going to – be happening until the last day, but
0: you know, that's I think that's a that's a very good answer. And it's overall I think it's very good in describing the way that you are motivated because from the get-go speaking today, you you talk about how you believe in yourself and you're gonna show people, you're gonna show people, they'll see, they'll see. And overall, like throughout your career, you have shown people just that, whether it's the case of being at the top and deserving your place in the team, or being able to yes. come back from something which maybe would stop other people from playing, because from the stuff which I've seen through your injuries for that period of time. I know people that wouldn't they wouldn't have made it out of that, and you know it's it's good that you have that motivation. And for me, I'm I'm low key. Like when you came, when I heard you were coming to RSL, I was like, Nah, he's not. That's a lie. But like, yeah, he's coming. <laughs> I was like, Nah, that's a lie, because I know you, and I know you as a player. And the stuff about injuries isn't how I re- remember or define you as a player. So the excitement when I know that you're coming, I was like, we've got a sniper here. This is, this is, <laughs> this is like, this is a special moment. But there's one thing though, which I've got to pull yeah. you up on, What's because you, you're answering the questions very well, but there was one question which you said within your response, which was like, why is this happening to me? And yeah. I'll be honest, the when I hear people say that, inevitably you won't get an answer. So does that mean that you play now without closure?
1: I know, you're 100% right, and that's, and those are dangerous and those are dangerous questions dangerous questions to ask yourself because that's going to leave you in a hole yes. where you're trying to get out of it but you can never do so i learned that in the beginning that i never want to like think about what could have been yeah because if you do that man that's when you're never going to you know uh, get to where you really want to B, be because you're stopping yourself from doing that. So, um, my thought process when people say, "How do you rehab? and How do you do that?" I just say it's just a, it's just a day by day process. And you think about your small little goals, your small little objectives daily that you want to conquer and go out and do them. Yeah. Um, you know, time goes by. Time goes by. You get better. You get better. And, and then that's how. That's how I. How I believe you conquer those long-term injuries, and you're able to, you know, surpass those uh tough moments. Yeah, for sure.
0: And it's that's one thing as sportsmen, especially I think more so outside of the United States. Like when you're playing, I don't think you get a lot of sympathy about things which could negatively affect you. But when you're when you live that life, it's your everything. Like you, you're in a place to play football. You're playing football. You play for a club. You're at a club to play football. But then. If you can't do it and you're injured it seems like it's just nothing but those are some of the darkest hardest times because you're not in a game where you have a guaranteed future you know mm-hmm. and like for me every every time i get injured whether it's for a week or a month two months or whatever in the back of my mind from probably since the age of about 25 i've been thinking can i come back and be who i was it doesn't matter what the injury is You know, that's always just in the back of my mind and I can't escape it. But if you try and tell people about that, you don't get sympathy because they're like, well, you know, you're Uh, getting getting paid, so it's fine. And I'm like, listen, for me, one thing I've noticed over the years is no matter how much you get paid, like outside of the United States in particular, you get paid one day a month. And on that day, you don't look at your paycheck and celebrate like life goes on, like everything else matters infinitely more than that particular paycheck in that moment. That's not to say, you know, we should like disregard employment or whatever, but it's never that simple. But those are the simple arguments which get thrown at you when like things don't go well, you know? Uh money, money, money.
1: It's the usual uh stereotypical uh combos that you know people um have about athletes, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um yeah, just suck it up. You know what I mean? But yeah, suck it up. Bro, we're human beings, you know what I mean? Yes. So and we sacrifice so much to get to these levels to where we're at. Um, but not only us, like our loved ones, our family, they yeah. sacrifice so much for us. So, they, you know, when we're not doing what we love, when we're not happy, yeah, I'm not happy. Um, and it sucks. But it's also making my loved ones not happy yeah. and not seeing me with, you know... Being a professional
0: athlete. Yeah, for sure. So now let's talk about MLS. We'll talk about this section of your career and then we'll just go into general chit chat. Yeah. So I was hearing, I was going to ask you what your route to the MLS was, but I heard you were training with, was it the Red Bulls last year? Or was it the think It was a
1: couple years Okay. Um, a couple of years ago, yeah. I was uh I was with that I, I was recovering from an injury and I was training with
0: him. Okay, so the reason I know that is because Bradley Wright Phillips, friend of the show, was telling me um about you and how you were training with them and he was yeah. like, Oh, he's so good. And I was like, Yeah, I know, and we've got him <laughs> Like and that's coming from BWP, one of the big faces in the in the league. But what have your first impressions been of the league so far?
1: Um Very interesting, very interesting, different. Yes. Uh, um, You know, I'm getting to know uh, the mentality uh, of the way, you know, things go about here. Yeah. Very, very different from Europe, as you know, too. And um, and it's, you know, something that I have to get used to. You know, after many, many years of doing things a certain way, you have to adapt and... um, and learn, you know, continue learning, uh, trying to figure out why certain things are done a certain way yeah. and um, and just try being part of of the movement, of the process of whatever it is that they're trying to implement, the MLS, yeah. instead of, you know, fight it because it's not going to help you at all yeah. to integrate and be part of this uh yeah.
0: This week. yeah for sure that i think that's been my biggest thing as well over the past two and a half years that i've been here is that you come in with or so many you've been coming you come in conditioned to think a certain way and to behave a certain way but now you're in a yeah. place where certain things are doing a completely different way but you can't come in and try and force your will upon people because that doesn't work in this space this kind of yeah. have to flow along with it and believe it or not how about the fact I've just teed that up, and now we're going to talk about being in Orlando for the MLS's back wow. tournament? Yeah, exactly. you, see, you see the there link you there? Do you see what I did? that's, <laughs> that's, that's, t- that's, <laughs> top, that's <laughs> top tier, top tier. So, <laughs> top tier. So, <laughs> so this could be this will be most people's first like bubble as such. But technically speaking, this could be your second because you went to the Beijing Olympics, didn't you?
1: Yes, yes, I did.
0: You see, you almost forgot. But also, you <laughs> were the top scorer at the Beijing Olympics. This is true, yeah.
1: Yes, I will. Okay, yeah.
0: I'll just drop that in there and then we'll move forward. So, how are you actually finding being involved in this tournament right now compared to, say, what you're used to? Bro, it's a it's
1: freaking joke, okay? It's a joke, bro. It's a joke. Right? It's, a, it's a freaking joke. Right? I can't hold it in. I can't say that I like it. I can't say. It. I just can't say that. Listen, I'm not a big fan of this tournament, yeah. right? Yeah. It's day one, and I think you know that. Express yeah. Express opinion. Yeah, um, but obviously it went against, you know, uh, what many, many other people wanted. So I I knew that I understood that. So I was preparing myself mentally yeah. for yeah. this bubble uh, during, you know, the weeks of training that we had. And when I arrived here, I was ready. I was ready to go about it. I was ready to compete. I was ready to play at 1030 at night and at nine o'clock in the morning. Alright. I'm 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 gonna repeat that. Ten thirty at night and nine <laughs> o'clock in the morning. All right. So I, I was preparing myself mentally for that. And um and I'm here. Um it's better than what I expected, uh, regarding uh the safety. Yeah. Um I was very surprised about that. The fields are nice. Uh that's really good. Um you know the hotel, it is what it is, it's fine. You know, we're having we're, we're having a good time. We're having a pretty decent time here. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we have a good group and you know that. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. So that's, so th- uh, that's a good part. But bro, the structure that we're training at nine o'clock in the morning, uh, excuse me, at, at night, we're yeah. training at 9, nine o'clock at night. Yeah. I'm going to sleep like two three o'clock at night. Like it's very, it's <laughs> just, I don't understand, man. Like put the players first, put yeah. the damn players first. You know what I mean? Like, like, Protect them. Yeah, protect them. So yeah. I could go on and on about this. How we could be back home and playing in the league right now, just like how the USL is doing. But I'm not gonna get into
0: it. Okay, you got into it. You technically got into it for sure. No, but, I sure. Didn't. No, but I you, you said it, so you technically got into it. You created it, but that's fine. That's fine. No, I, I get it, and I think there's certain aspects of the tournament which, from speaking to people, like they're happy with like this in some aspects, the security of it, the fact that people are overall entertained and this, that, and the other, and people are comfortable within the space, but. I remember in preseason, we were in um, Arizona and we were free to do whatever we wanted, basically, after training. And it was good, but we were there for two weeks. And after the first week, people started to lose their minds and they had freedom. So I thought with the tournament, it would be okay for a week, two weeks. But then once the games begin, you start to have the sort of balance of emotion as well, because you have some people who are playing. Some people who are not playing and feel they should play. And some people are not getting stripped for games. But still, they have to run through the schedules if they're going to be doing so, so it goes from being a place where everybody's in the same situation to to be in ten different situations for every for every team and I think that's that's the test and that's this week that's the next week you know that's when you start to see that maybe you know the stuff which they've put on maybe it's not enough, hopefully it is enough, but maybe it 's not enough like how many more how many more nine p m training sorry nine thirty start training sessions can you do? Especially say if you're not playing before you're like, Well, what am I what what's what's going Why am on? I doing? Yeah, literally. <laughs> like, that moment's close. But we'll we'll talk about that another time. Maybe we're not recording. Um so can just let me just ask you a few questions in general now, yeah? Because let's 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 call it what it is. Because people I understand who you are. Lots of other people understand who you are, but too many don't, okay? So you've played across four leagues. You're a full Italian international, you've yes. played in the Champions League, played in Europa League. Like yeah. you're you're Giuseppe Rossi, okay? So let's talk, okay? Just in general, then, of all those places you've played, which has been your favorite league? Uh,
1: La Liga. Why? Just because it's my type of playing. Um, I'm a technical player. I like to um, play the game with the ball, and uh, I feel like and I feel like La Liga, the uh, the Spanish teams, they. They like that's the most important aspect of the game, yeah. Taking care of the ball, yeah. Uh, keeping it as much as you can, yeah. Enjoying yourself with it, and um, I and that's I think that's me as a player, okay. And which is there a league
0: you wish you played in?
1: Um, no, okay. I'm happy with
0: those, I respect that. Your- which was which is which league's been the toughest to play in.
1: Oh, uh, I'm gonna say. The English League just because you know, I never, I really haven't had um, a Chance uh, To express myself to the fullest just because I was with man United. Yeah, and I'm very young And yeah. then I went on loan to Newcastle and I was still very young. Yeah, um, I would have loved uh, to You know play there um, now or five six years ago when you know when I was um, when I was at my best um, it would have been very interesting and cool to see that. All right. Who, you've mentioned Messi already, but if we didn't yeah. say, if we
0: take out Messi and Ronaldo, who would you say the best player is that you've played against?
1: That I've played against, I am going to say Xavi. Oh, gosh.
0: Listen, this, like, people sleep on you so hard, but like, you played with that, against the iconic era of Barcelona. Like, the, the one of the
1: best teams I think ever, man. Like, I,
0: so that's Javi. That's the wasn't that the Barcelona team with Javi Iniesta and Busquets as the midfield three? Uh, yes. That that, that. That's, that should be illegal. Oh, was.
1: They, that, were, they were amazing. Puyol and Pique in the back. That's Daniel Alves, Abidal on the left, oh, Messi. Oh my goodness gracious! Was it Eto as well? Was it Eto? Uh, I don't know. I forgot about. It. I'm not sure. No, it wasn't Eto. I think it was uh, Messi Suarez. And, um, and just, as well as in, in David Villa, when they won the Champions League, <laughs> okay, David Villa. so
0: it's an okay team then. Um, who was the best player you played with?
1: Best player I play with, I always say Scolzi and Giggsy. <laughs> <laughs> Your friends, uh, don't to be fair. I don't, I, I I had a thing against
0: Giggs I said, a thing like, I don't have it anymore, yeah because I'm calm now I'm, I'm like I'm blue but like I'm a calmer blue but Gary the one Neville. I used to hate the most was Gary Neville that guy used to get under my skin so <laughs> badly but again now I'm a calmer blue and I think he's doing a good job in terms of what he's doing in his current career but I used to hate
1: that guy I hate Gary him Neville. oh my gosh! listen he was captain right yeah uh, when I let, so I owe like a like a 200 pound fine yeah because I was late I was like, well, so they sell okay. so they sell me yeah. We play against each other via Manchester United, um, of like four or five months after in, in the Champions League. This guy sees me. I say hi to everybody. Hey guys, what's up? What's up? Gary's like, not even a hi. How are you? Or not? He's like, you owe me 200 quid. I'm like this guy. I'm like, no, say how I am. Like, ask me if I'm doing well or not. <laughs> that,
0: <laughs> that, that sums him up. That literally sums him up. Like, but that's so funny. So, um, is there a... Pl- uh, no, I won't ask that one. Who was your favorite coach? Would you say Pellegrini?
1: I would say Pellegrini just because um, he gave me that chance.
0: He gave me that chance. Um, And what would you say your favorite memory in your career
1: has been so far? My favorite memory in my career? I mean, there's a lot. I mean, you know, your debuts and your first goals and your first game with the national team. But something that I'm always going to like remember and I'm going to say, yeah, like that was amazing was the, was the Olympics? Yeah. You know, being part of the Olympics, I feel like that's just something, uh, uh, that's incredible. For yeah. me, it's one of the best experiences that I've had in my life. Yeah.
0: Like the Olympics, I think doesn't get spoken about properly in terms of football, but it's, <laughs> it's such a global, it's the only major global event I can think of where everybody has an interest in it yes. across so many different sports and what a privilege it is to be able to go to that. And then obviously you went and, you were top scorer which must be nice.
1: <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, it was it was the first time that I cried too after game that we lost. Really? who did you lose to? We lost to Belgium. Which, yeah, that was a stacked team. Yeah. yeah they had like Dembele, Hazard, Vertonghen, Ald- Alderville, whatever yeah. his name is from. Yeah, Toby
0: Alderville, yeah. But your team was stacked as well though. Let's let's not downplay that situation. Like the Italian yeah. the yeah. Italian yes. national teams always have good players so you can relax okay we were very very good um question for you then i've got maybe two more questions actually so what are your goals (laughs) moving forward like between now and whenever you finish your career in 10 years time or whatever like what do you want to achieve
1: what do i want to achieve i want to continue having fun um i want to continue uh prove myself do I have to? I don't. But like, I feel like I like I do. I don't know. I feel like that's just like you know what just you know what what just keeps me going. You know, I never want to be complacent and just say yeah, I just want to play. Like I want to play and have a purpose. You know what I mean? So that so that so that purpose is to continue to prove that I could play at high levels and that I could give something to the game that you know maybe the could give yeah. and show them that hey, you know. Um, you know, Giuseppe Rossi was very good then. He went through uh he went through a lot of downs with with his injuries, but he was able to come back and still do it and you know, still do it at this age of thirty three, thirty four, or whenever I decided to
0: stop. Do you know I'm curious, you say prove to them, prove to them, but I think I feel like some of that's you proving that to yourself as well. I feel like there's something in there.
1: Yes, yes, I'm I'm am I'm with you in that. Um I'm with you in that. I think you're right. Um like I wanna I don't know maybe that's something that like you know keeps me going because listen I feel like everybody always wants to prove to themselves that they could yeah. overcome anything yeah. and and whatnot so that is something that definitely is in the back of
0: my head for sure which is what makes you dangerous so my final question <laughs> yes. uh is linked to this anyway but we're the same age as like Messi and Ronaldo basically yeah that's our generation and between those two those two are like on a different planet, but they've scored fifteen hundred goals together combined, yeah. And I always ask people like, do you do you think they remember all their goals? And some people are like yes, yeah, some people are like no. But let me take it to where you're at right now and for the games you've played so far, you've scored over a hundred goals. Do you remember all your goals? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. I'm sure they do
1: too, bro. <laughs> the issue is kinda sick by the way. Listen, strikers are where we're a weird breed,
0: man. Yeah, like, for for real, for real. But which which of your goals then would you say is your favorite?
1: My favorite, I'm gonna probably say the goal that I scored against Real Madrid when I, uh, my first year at Villarad. Why? Yeah, so it um it was a nice goal, and it was at the Bernabeu, uh-huh. but there was my family in the stands. My mom and my dad, uh, they were in the stands and they were among the the Real Madrid fans. So when I scored, my mom jumps up and going crazy. My dad. Pulling her down, like get down like get down here, like don't do that. You're surrounded by fans, but they couldn't. But like my mom couldn't hold it in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, she find she flew in from America to see me. I'm scoring in a big game like that. I, I stopped Kazia's record for like you know um, clean for shoes. the yeah. exactly the 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 uh, the clean sheet, and so it was such a great goal. And my mom was going wild, wild. But um, my dad had to like you know. Uh, refrain, or if I'm going crazy,
0: that's, the, oh, that's that. Why. that's 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 what sums you up. And I think for the people that're going to sleep on you, I think they need to really go back and look because, for me personally, for example, I think I've scored maybe 15, 16 goals, and I can't remember all of them. But off the top of your tongue you just said, "Yeah, I've scored over 100, and my best was at the Bernabéu against Ike Casillas to stop him having the record for clean sheets." So please, um, I there's nothing more that needs to be said. So Was thank you very man. much for coming on the show man and please,
1: thank you man it's a get, pleasure you Brother. I'm looking
0: forward to you getting getting your minutes out there and showing people what what time it is and I'm very very happy anyway, to have you on my team man miss you we miss you, bro. We miss you all here I'll be back soon I'll be back soon all right anyway. good good speech you man thank you very much Thanks. so there you have it my man Giuseppe I think we're very fortunate to have him on our team and once he gets rolling he's going to be slept on but that type of thinking is going to come at a very heavy price. But anyway, hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to give us a follow at kickback underscore on Instagram and Twitter. And don't forget to subscribe. And to close, it's time to say thank you. Thank you to the main man, the producer, Ryan Hill. Thank you to the media manager, Skylar Warwick. Big thanks also to Mountaineer Studios, Draper, Utah. And last but not least, thanks for listening. And be sure to stay safe and stay tuned. Bye for now.